Bhagavan Sachidananda Bhagavan Ananda Bhagavan Sachidananda Bhagavan Om Bhagavan Shri Bhagavan Om Bhagavan Shri Sachidananda Bhagavan Ananda Bhagavan Sachidananda Bhagavan Om Bhagavan Shri Bhagavan Bhagavan Shri Bhagavan Ananda Bhagavan Sachidananda Bhagavan Ananda Bhagavan Sachidananda Bhagavan Ananda Bhagavan Sachidananda Bhagavan that undisturbed silence, that space within which the song was sung and heard, that is Bhagavan. silence and space. That thing which remains unaffected, unalterable, before, during, after all all movements in consciousness. Even when consciousness go out, it remains unaffected. It alone knows itself. <clears throat> and no imagination is required. No imagination is required. Even the mind that strives to know it is already perceived in it, and still it remains unaffected. It itself cannot be called grace. There are no, <coughs> no words, no synonyms, no descriptions. No image, no idea, no experience can affect it. <coughs> <coughs> 
it is this that uh, I refer to as the Self. It is the only thing that is unchanging. Everything else is changing. And presently, we have a very strong affection for the body, because the concept that we are the body is strong, or that we are personality, this is, seems strong. Strong only because it is believed in, and also because the habit of identity is still there. When I speak like this, I have the sense that this is the most easy thing for you to understand. This is why the words they come like that. <clears throat> if I felt genuinely that it was too too remote, too difficult to understand, then it would not be expressed, it could not be expressed. But because actually it is the only I cannot even say reliable because for whom will it be reliable? Unchanging should be enough. We have to use these words as reflections to recognize the self that cannot be recognized through quality, <clears throat> but just in the hearing of it. What doesn't move? What doesn't react? It is earlier and purer than any movement, <clears throat> however beautiful they might be. So when I'm speaking like that, when the speaking is taking place, I'm having the sense that there's nothing that obstructs this. There can there cannot be anything that obstructs this, because it is true and it is obvious. The words themselves are not the true. But what they are pointing to is the true. The words will come and go, they will arise and subside. They will appear and disappear, but they will do all of that in the presence of that, which can't appear or disappear. So something inside us has the capacity to comprehend and to experience directly the words or what the words are pointing to. You see, and I don't want to make it seem any more difficult than that. In itself is not really. I cannot say that the word effort is the appropriate uh, word. It's not really effort, although in our human mind, consciousness in its human expression knows what the term effort implies to, and it has a respect for that word. But what is, <clears throat> it has to be said, that it is beyond even the concepts of effort or even no effort. It is not with the hunting mind, the pursuing mind, that is already working in conjunction with the first concept, the I, which I am, or the I consciousness itself. I am going to say now that even this I consciousness is not the ultimate. And the reason why I have so much faith, so much confidence in the words that I am speaking, because I know that they don't take time to grasp. It's not they in themselves what the words are implying does not take time. In itself, the words only the one who believes they are following it, on the basis that they are person or a seeker of truth, who has not yet seen the concept of that identity, that one will have to follow and will <coughs> exert some effort to discover. But this is all the play of consciousness. It is all the play of consciousness. It's inside the game. It has to happen like that. You see. And I'm having the feeling that actually I may be deluded by this, it may be my naivety. But somehow there's a feeling right now that I could speak to anybody in the whole world like this. But I don't know if they would understand. Anyway, it doesn't go like that because if I'm actually sitting, if I exchange maybe seventy people here, if I take the seventy in and brought a new seventy in from anywhere, these words could not be spoken in the truth. 
And yet there's a place in me that says, why not? But by experience I say, yes, of course, it cannot actually. Because the quality of the presence will determine whether the truth will be spoken in this way or that way. Maybe if these seventy people were moved out and another seventy come in, my response would be very different. Maybe not speaking. But I will not know that ahead of time. So what is being spoken now, what is being shared, and we mustn't put too much emphasis only on spoken, because other energies are moving and part of this whole um, play of understanding, comprehending, transcending. It is not just uh, mind and intellect that is involved here. On so many different levels and aspects of our being is pulled inside this this play of uh, self-realization. Things we may not even be conscious about. Even while you sleep, there are some functions still working for your freedom. But how can I speak about this thing? If we didn't have a mind, we could not be bound, and we could not even be free. We would not know the concept. What would be our state? Is it too late? Is it that somehow we became too contaminated enough to be innocent again? I am going to tell you something about that. <clears throat> the real innocence has never been touched. It's not that the innocence became corrupted. It was a completely different compartment altogether. <laughs> and this is why somehow when the discovery takes place, we simply find we are like children again. You didn't practice to become a child. Uh, not children in that not in the worldly terms, but in the in the sense of innocence, you know. <clears throat> and there are sufficient numbers of cases that will prove yeah. You must be in them as well. I don't want to exclude you. I one day have to use you as reference for truth. You are going to have to be the, my evidence for truth. So don't think I'm talking about some other beings that live in some other country, live in some cave. I only have you to count on. You have to going to be uh, the the evidence of the truth. say, don't put too much importance on words, even my words. Because even if I am not speaking, the activity of satsang is taking place still. And sometimes even more, even more effectively. Like unknowingly. It's creating exactly the environment it wants to do, without your cooperation. You see? Why? Because someplace inside has said yes. You may not be aware of the, the power of that yes. It only has to be yes. Yes <laughs> is the most powerful thing. It's like, this is what I mean, in a sense. When you are very complicated, very complex, you cannot say just yes to something like this. You're going to draw up a lot of clauses. You're going to have to make, you have to strike a deal when you've got a complex mind. But when you are simple in your way, you can say yes, and it is the most powerful thing, because it's a simplicity of heart. No, <coughs> it's not a contract like a child's yes. And then the mechanism 
of grace will flow unimpeded in response to your yes. But we are often not living on yes. Lots of maybes and perhaps and could be's and what ifs. But the yes we hold back because sometimes the mind cannot be uh, decisive when it comes to truth. It lies to keep its hand hidden, some cards up the sleeve. You see? I don't know why I'm saying all this thing. Bottom line, uh, you become empty again. Now, the strange thing seems to be that uh, while being totally empty, empty mean empty of any preparation, empty of anxiety, empty of uh, any strategy, empty of intention, empty of conclusions, empty of desire. Empty of doubt, empty like that. Now, the paradox seems to be: How is it that in emptiness, something seems to flow with such wisdom? Because it doesn't come from the mind of a person. The personal mind is just another concept. Any concept believed in becomes a power. It takes on the power of belief. The concept cannot be more powerful than the belief. The belief is the mother of the concept. So any concept, if you don't apply belief and identity to any concept, it dies right there. It has no power. No concept can live or breathe by itself. It must draw blood from you. It must take oxygen from you. And the oxygen you give it is the oxygen of our attention, our interest, Identity, belief, all this oxygenate or energize all concepts, make them seem alive. <coughs> concepts are not words. Concepts they have their origin in a kind of energy. In fact, all our interactions have a kind of spiritual chemistry about them. It's not easy to do to explain that so much. It's like when you believe them, they somehow it's like the seed germinate inside and start to have a life of its own. But even this life is illusory. But in our kingdom it will feel like life. And it will feel like death. And both will have a kind of power. Where their power come from? Come from you. Come from me. Come from us. Like that. So we must really a little bit understand our powers. Not necessarily in a classroom. Like I say, yes brings everything. Bhagavan has no shape, has no religion, has no concepts, has no favourites. He's not bound by time, has no birth, has no death, has no life as we know it like that. So in a way to the human mind it seems inconceivable. The best we can do is imagine. Easy. It seems inconceivable. How can that be known, which has no quality, which makes it knowable? So maybe no to know is not the right term. I don't know. Yeah. So something must be greater than knowledge, because even knowledge is known, and ignorance is known. Where will the knower of ignorance? And knowledge be where would it exist, and as what? <coughs> and sometimes, also with these type of questions, I don't want any answers. I just want the question. Let the question breathe in you a little bit, 
Because even hidden in the question, if you are open to the question, the answer is in the question, actually, if one eating. If you are impatient and personal, the answer will come different from question. If you are silent and a real question comes, the answer is going to come with it. What can you do with all this talk? Nothing. You cannot do anything with it. You can only accommodate it. You don't even know how. Your yes takes care of everything, if it is genuine. This is what I found. For a while, there are some people who can take um, many kind of instructions. They have the impression that they can follow a lot of instructions. But in the end, they'll have to throw all of them away. The one who knows the truth, just point here, there, look, stop, and it's enough. Maybe in three sentences, hmm, they will tell you all you need to know, if you have the faith to, to hear this. Also, we know the story of Bhagavad Gita, that in the earliest few sentences of the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna already expounded the truth, speak the truth. But because at that time Arjuna could not comprehend it, he needed more explanation, he needed more um, expounding, he needed more um, time. And so, because of Arjuna's inability at that time, his incapacity at that time to comprehend the, the simple statements of Krishna. Because of that, the whole Bhagavad Gita had to come into being, had to be spoken. And then you can say, everybody who reads it says, Thank you, Arjuna, for not understanding. Thank you for not understanding the first few sentences, so that we also can have the, the, all the rest of the explanations, because we need the explanations. Easy. Or maybe we just like explanations. Maybe we don't need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know if we need. I don't think we need. I think we believe we need. And again, here comes the culprit. You believe, so therefore it has to come into being. We are believing many things into existence, thinking that they are realities in themselves. But just uh, it's a relationship of belief and projection. And perhaps why do we do this thing? Maybe because we are afraid of the directness of truth. Have we ever considered this thing? That maybe it's just that there's a fear lurking inside us, which makes us a bit afraid that somehow if I grasp the truth too early, then all of this will be finished and I'm not ready for it to be finished so quickly. I prefer to learn more about it than to feel that I come to the end of the game or something. All these subtleties of attitudes, they are somehow alive inside us, but we have not discerned them clearly. We are hiding many, many uh, culprits inside our beings. We are hiding a lot of snakes, we are hiding a lot of snakes, and they wriggle about, and you just think you've got gas. They wriggle about. But in satsang, if you allow yourself to be in satsang, they start to wriggle themselves up. And it's not a, a pleasant feeling, but in the very unpleasant feeling is where you stand your highest chance. Because sometimes things become so unbearable that they have to be evicted, they have to be blasted out. When not unbearable, you can accommodate. But when they come unbearable, then something must be thrown out. Either they go or you go. You can choose.
But all these forces, they still exist in the realm of illusions. They are not real. So, if you understood, understand the real, then you have nothing to worry about. Because, as I keep saying, the unreal cannot intimidate the real. It can only intimidate the idea the real has about itself, which is unreal. Some people, before they hear my words, they already accept my presence. So they already bypass the words. And some, even after hearing the words, they can't accept your presence. Everybody, hmm? do we have the sense we're getting closer and closer, nearer and nearer? Yeah. <laughs> hmm. You know, it's an illusion. <laughs> I don't want anybody to get too comfortable with that illusion. It has relative truth. There is the feeling like a veil, very thin, thin veil. Mm. That that I am that, that is this veil, Mm. it's very, very thin. And there is this feeling that it's slowly disappearing. But if I say this, I'm also lying. So I'm not saying anything, but this. Why would you be lying? Because there is there is nothing. Um, is is somehow it's a creation of this 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 something that is stopping whatever the full um, establishing everything with in truth, without any any veil or anything at all. But sometimes it feels as if there is a veil, and there is this idea of thinning and thinning and working, as you say, dropping everything until there is nothing. That, that itself has um, a reality of feeling, mm-hmm. you know, that uh, the sense of becoming more refined, mm-hmm. becoming lighter. There is experience to back it up, mm-hmm. isn't it? There is experience to back this up, you see. But is there any room for what I am speaking? Because even if there is the thinnest of veils and it is thinning away, it is still a phenomenon. Now, it may seem that if the veil is removed, what is behind the veil will be seen. But if what is behind the veil is that way, it is an illusion. Then what can be behind the veil? What is behind the veil? It must be behind this way. Then where are you looking from? Because if truth is the the final outcome to a sort of process, then even the process and the practicer and the outcome all of them are perceived also in the consciousness. So whatever combination they combine with themselves to produce, that also will be an effect in consciousness. So which is greater, the product of consciousness or the consciousness which is the womb of all production? And don't think I'm being intellectual or mental with about anything here. It's just something inside you just feel like it doesn't want to grasp it like that. Sometimes you hear the truth, but you want to comprehend it through your particular set of projections. 
But it's another scam, another trap, another delusion. What can get any of us out of this very tricky um, play of mind? Because every twist, every turn, there's a salesman, there's a shop. And it will just be the shop you're looking for a chai shop, a handbag shop, a pizza hut, wherever it is, it will be there. How can you navigate or go through this forest? Hmm? Safely come out, uh, a Buddha. A Buddha called George. A Buddha called Daphne or Jean, or Pablo, or Tony, or Catherine. Yeah. Don't think Buddhas have to be Siddhartas. The name Jesus was once a very, very common name, very common name. Now it seems Jesus. Why? Our common name becomes so mighty because it came to represent something that is beyond that name, even. I always feel like I want to tell you something now that can be atomic now. I don't want to somehow offer freedom in installments. Twenty percent now, come back tomorrow, give you another ten. I was trying to find the quickest way to the most direct in the shortest time. Why? People say, why the hurry? We like to enjoy the journey. I say, OK, you are the next room. Go to the next room. Make space for the one who want now. Like that. There was a few times when I went in a bit of free time, passing along a certain street, remembering that there is somebody who comes to satsang on a certain house, and taking a chance and ringing the bell or knocking on the door. And they would come. And I'm quite actually, a number of times happened. When I see them, it was unexpected for them, and they seem completely out of tune, just seeing me. So Oh, would you? Oh, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Hang on a second. Um, could you? Um, uh, and I'm watching all of this. And I said, um, maybe the work is being done, but I don't enjoy this kind of call. Don't enjoy. It. But it's still something good. Hmm? But if you come to see me, you'll be ready. If I come to see you, maybe you're not ready. But that still has a power. That still has its own thing. This is why I don't want to give anybody that luxury to say, Yes, I'm here looking out for you. Mm. I'm just here, just like you are just here. Now you have to find out what your here is, if your here-ness is the same as my here-ness. want to tell you that ever since I spoke to you yesterday at night or something and told you about this sense of just this sort of when you said don't hold on to anything don't hold on to anything don't 
no, don't form any, don't hold anything, and you become aware of this, this, and somehow, this, this, for example, I'm calling, I'm saying this, because maybe there's still a, a sense of, like, maybe a sense of separation, or something, mm. and I just want to bring it to you. There's no separation. Don't think separation, and there won't be any. This is you. Separation is what we learn. A completely useless concept, a mischievous concept. It would throw us into illusory existences for a very long time. So this this sense that's just just let it be somehow because it's just somehow coming to the like you know like saying somehow feeling like it's separate from it does not need your permission it's just is there it just is it doesn't need any permission but what needs to happen to say this I cannot leave those words like that although they are true. I have to say something, because we still have uh, the shadow of an untrue self involved in this scenario of seeing, and I have to acknowledge that, you see, because hmm, when you say so, I just leave it. I can say mm, yes, because uh, the language is still fertile for you. Still mm, virile, so there's belief in it. So we have to use use up the vitamins in your language. And if you say yes, yeah, so should I just kind of like leave it and just, you know, you are introducing a choice to do something. For myself, in fact, the truth there is no choice there now. But it has happened here that something is seen enough to recognize that the choice is an illusion and a bothersome one. No. But while we have the sense of individuality, choice is very much a part of this and authentic within the realm of uh, personhood, you see. Do you see, maybe if you, if you listen, uh, do you see a little bit how mind works? We are not talking about absolutes here. You are talking always about potentials, how you can make a, a thought which is only a potential and clothe it in very concrete sense. Why? Because did it have it? It doesn't have it. It was infused with that, uh, that solidity by you. Who are you? You can say that yourself, you may say, is the potential for belief to function. Some power that we have that is inherent in us, the power to believe, to imagine, to project, or to be open and to identify. These are our ministering powers, very powerful energies in us. If they are misused somehow, we can talk about what misuse means, then they will create worlds that you are going to have to look after, in a way. It's not so bad, but it's good that we know that how the mechanism of thought works and how belief is a, a creative energy in us also to turn something that is inert into active, volatile, atomic power. You see. So when you say like this, should I just kind of like leave it? A simple question, simple answer to it. Yeah, okay, leave, just leave it for now. Why do I go extra? 
because I want to squeeze everything out as much as I can get out of it. If we get only so far, then it's okay, fine. Then let the sap rise by itself tomorrow. See if we can go further with it. Easy. Hmm. <coughs> I would like to clarify with you <coughs> something connected with what you said before about the the illusion that we've got about the progress into getting closer to this. Mm. I don't know well how to put it into words, but it's, uh, sometimes you have heard you saying something like, it's not the self who needs to realize the self, but the mind is mm. the one who awakens. Yeah. Is that true? Yes. Okay. Um, what I see sometimes is, it comes to me this Uh, let me before you go further let me clarify something a little bit about that mm -hmm. statement because i didn't just say it is just the mind that has to be enlightened uh, before we we say that let me complete that uh, bit more uh, there is no such thing as mind without you you see because mind functions for you without you there's no such thing as mind so i cannot say it's just the mind get enlightened what happened is that uh, it is the mm -hmm. self in his portrait as a person, that then comes uh, when, it, as it were, you can say when the consciousness or the self descends into the role of personhood or something like this. As soon as it, that 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 takes place, something called a portion of its energy split off and become mind and descends with it, mm -hmm. with that character to to act out of play, and so the self becomes like a person by identifying with the body. And immediately a mind is supplied to it, in a in a sense. I'm putting it in a bit theatrical way. And then the mind is going to have to work with the mind to cultivate somehow to grow, in uh, to mature, to learn to discern. It has to become com conditioned. Some conditioning will be advantageous to the consciousness because it has become um, sort of you may call raw, and it has to be modified. It has to be cultured somehow in the game like this. So, from the position of what you may call the game of life, it seems to me that the consciousness has to evolve. You understand? Yeah. It has to evolve. So, it seems that is the great river, is a river of evolution, the state of evolution. But at the ultimate end, where the truth is known, when the truth is known, the whole feeling of evolution becomes a dream. You see? But not until. This is why I keep space for this. I cannot just tell you, because maybe the capacity has not yet been reached for you to comprehend and embrace my words in the heart. Maybe you embrace it in the mind, but that's still unfulfilled capacity. Because then we, we, have, we have been trained to use mind. Eh? Remember, mind descend with us in a way. Mm. Hmm? We can start to believe that we are the mind, and we think that we have understood something. This is why many people say, I understand it intellectually, because it doesn't have the firepower of what is real. You see? So I have to admit also that progress is a legitimate function of consciousness. You see? But could I dare say something that consciousness itself is not real? <laughs> No, I don't want to throw this out into the marketplace to say like this, because I don't have words or breath to waste. It is only where it is possible to say such a thing, and then maybe if we take a chance to say it like that. Because everybody venerates consciousness. When I talk about consciousness itself is illusory, for instance, I'm talking about the, the fluid consciousness, the consciousness that manifests as dynamic existence, the door through which the active world uh, move, the world of thought, imagination, forms and names and time and so on, like that. It, it can feel very painful sometimes when we have to again first, you know, breathe your first full lung of oxygen when you've been living in a place where there's just carbon monoxide or something. Sometimes when you hear like something like this, 
because you think well, but all my ambitions is in consciousness everything is about me is in consciousness you are you're taking this away from you how dare you you can't do this it's too much it's too much don't say that something inside one say don't say that muji don't say that don't say that consciousness is unreal it's just unbearable you know so i don't say <laughs> <laughs> I've got the feeling when when attention is very withdrawn into attention, I've mm. got the feeling that everything somehow is like a dreamy like. Mm. Now, because I say that consciousness is unreal, it doesn't mean that it's bad. No. No, yeah. You know, there is a space for what I call unreality, which is a genuine uh, manifestation of the supreme somehow. Uh, but it's momentary. What it means is that nothing there is stable. Now, we want to make something in the unstable world stable. Why do you want that? I tell you why. Because you alone are stable. Now you may think, no, it's not true. It's because we are unstable. We're looking for something stable. Unst- we're looking for because we are ourselves unstable. Why we're looking for something stable? Reflect on this for a minute, no? We are thinking that why are we trying to make something in the relative world absolute? Why? Because we have an affection for that relative world, right? And we want it to be like what we are, which is absolute. You understand? It's not the other way around that we are really unstable and so we're looking for something stable. Try it anyway, whichever way. <laughs> You understand? We can't bear ourselves. It's like we have uh, developed some mm, bad habit, and so we are more comfortable with the bad habit for a while. Mm-hmm. Even though they suck the energy and they do all things, but we have accommodated that. Now we adjusted somehow to live that bad habit. Mm-hmm. And then now we forget that there is anything outside of the known, the apparent known, which is the life that comes through the consciousness and the, the mind and personality. We think outside of that, there's nothing. Well, it is true. <laughs> it's, it's, there's not. It's nothing, but it's not the nothing that the mind is there. So nothing from where everything came. So if if not if the emptiness is the source of the of the somethingness, then the somethingness is quite safe. But if somethingness is the source of nothingness, we are in trouble. If you know the source of somethingness is the nothingness, then the somethingness is okay. Because its root is the nothingness. Then you can enjoy the somethingness for its momentary um, play. I know when I say ahead of time, because I've gone through the experience of that contemplation and in various ways, to know when I say some things will hurt for a moment. Why do they hurt? Not because they are hurtful in themselves, but because uh, they stick you hmm, in your investments. You see, we have an investment like I can I wanted to f- I want to keep feeling like this about it. Mm. And if you do that, I can't really feel like this about it anymore. So this I understand. And I say this is a bit. And this is why I am not at any time wanting to be forceful. I cannot be forceful, because we have to work together. Sometimes I felt life was forceful to me, but I never regretted it, you see. Sometimes a slap, pow! You see? But I'm still grateful because I knew that the 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 universe is very economical. <laughs> yeah, it finds the 
the quickest way to get you to learn something. Yeah? <laughs> and so I could take those bruises hmm? because in a way they are self-imposed. You see? I wonder, I know that I'm getting very fun. My language is probably... Uh, In the fluid consciousness, it means that somehow all that you know and take to be life, which is fine. Uh, you cannot say, don't enjoy life because it's impermanent. No, you can enjoy. I mean, in fact, look at all the things you have enjoyed in the past. Suppose they couldn't change, it would be disgusting. You see, if it, couldn't, if it stayed the same, suppose things could not change. You just have to stay the same. You're always playing with the same toy. <laughs> Suppose there was no change like that, and yet there was still a phenomenality. Could it be like that? Phenomenality has to mean change. If there is change, there must be the unchanging. Do you see? If there is something that's changeful, there must be the unchanging also. Why put value on the unchanging when the changeful seems to be so entertaining? Well, I don't want to get rid of the changeful. Let the changeful be. But while the changeful is there, also find what is unchanging. You see? I don't think it's necessarily a swap. Yeah. You I take all the changeful from you and give you the unchanging. I don't think it wouldn't work like that necessarily. Hmm? But understand the root of the changeful, and that it is our own self. Why well, I am cautious about these things? Because I am very careful that the mind doesn't snatch them. You see? Mm. Then they just become kind of another form of mind, and it's not been accomplished in the heart, meaning that it's not, it's not been rendered in the heart. Now, I learned this term from the people making films. You make a, a, a video and then you have to render it, meaning that something has to, um, to register it, otherwise it could just blow away. So this term, rendering, when I use it in this context, that you have to render your understanding, meaning that it integrates with you, it is an integral understanding. And then you don't have to maintain it. If to maintain something, there's a duality there. I cannot speak against duality. Duality for me is not a dirty word. It's the most it's a beautiful thing. But it is a limitation. And am I looking for the unlimited? Well, not especially. Uh, looking for the unlimited. I want the unlimited. No, I don't have a hunger for the unlimited. But in a sense, when it starts to stare you in the face, <coughs> Then maybe it's time to for something. If the what is the what I call the ultimate truth is so far to reach, then I say forget about it. God will bring it near for you when it's time. So if now is the time for rock and roll, rock and roll is good. I don't feel I want to you know force ripen anybody. Hmm? But something trust for the most part. You come and sit in satsang for more than five days, I don't think your mind brought you here. If you come and sit in satsang for one day, one day and a half, and leave, I say, yeah, well, maybe the mind is… maybe like that. But I think if something is there, because I know the powers are trying to take, take you out, if something is there, there is favourable resistance. I don't have to talk like that, you know. I don't have to talk about any of this thing. I don't have to talk like this. Sometimes I prefer to talk just in a much more simple, you know. I don't intend to, but if it's coming like that, I think, yeah, it's good. Everybody can know what I'm talking now. And then somehow it's coming like this. In the, I don't know, you know. I don't know. It's coming like this. I don't know if you can be with it or not. 
but um, I like to feel that in any direction the truth plays through, you're going to be right there, understand it in every, any way it's served. You see, when you grow up with uh, eating dumplings, you know everything that flour can make. Whatever you, flour is very versatile. You can make many things with it. Yeah? Once you understand the principle of flour, and then anything you make with flour, something you know, yeah, it's like this. The same with consciousness. Okay. Mm-hmm. I want to tell you when I go, I go to my bed now. Mm. As I woke up, as I woke up, so I go to bed, so I move in the day. Same thing. I got nothing in my purse, nothing in my pocket. Somebody once asked, you know, what is your what is your first impression when you wake up? I said, my first impression is that nothingness remains unchanged. So even throughout the day, when so many things are done, is it like, oh, it's nothing to me? Well, actually, it's not like that. There is joy. I want to tell you that I enjoy my life. Money could not buy the life I have. I enjoy my life, even in its momentariness. It's all joy, you see. So don't feel like I'm trying to get you to this absolute because you know, like life is so tough. No, you are going to make life into, even though it is, uh, it is time bound in some expression of consciousness, but it's going to be your Eden also. Because whatever state you go. You see, it's going to have to be an Eden for you. Hmm? So why not the waking life also? But I'm not going to tell you to focus on that. Hmm? If the root is good, the fruits will be fine. If the root of the tree is good, the fruits will be fine. If the root of your being is good, you understand that? Then the fruit of your being is going to be fine. This is why I point always, try and find out what is there. You keep starting from here. You keep talking reporting like you start here. I'm saying, But you're here. They say, Yeah, but you know, this is what I feel. I say, But that's all out there. But you are here. Hmm? I have the sense that that is simple. What makes it difficult? Habit, resistance, conditioning. Identity make it like that. Hmm? I feel that uh, it's almost like life starts from where the attention starts, but the truth is, life starts before the attention. Yes, you are the life before the attention. This is why you can you can observe attention. This is why you can observe attention, because you are subtler than attention. Attention is so much, so it, we are so. It feels such intimate power that uh, it is also called I. I go, I looked, I, 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 the attention. Because but when, when mm. we say when I go inside, it's already one step out. Mm. Because but you see, it depends what you call I. When I go inside, you see. When if I say to you, listen, if I say when I go inside, right, that I am not taken to be me. I can say when the I goes inside, yeah, it is already watched by that which doesn't have inside or outside. When it is spoken here, but when you say when I go inside, you unite with your attention in an effort to do something like go inside. But for me, that is already an unreality. It's not really true. But because it is believed to be true, I have to re- respect your belief to somehow, because that's all I can work with. I can only work with your belief. 
you understand? <laughs> I can only work with your belief. If you don't believe in, 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 in something, I, I don't waste time with it because we're not going to go anywhere. So we can only work with your belief and where your belief stabilizes your attention and your identity. So that's the where I'm talking with. I can only negotiate with where you have a belief, and that's how we are, that's going to be where your reality uh, lives. I mean, is what I'm talking any use to you at all? No, no. I'm I'm being honest about it. I'm asking. Is any you feel any use about it? Because I don't want to entertain you with this thing. I mean, I have to say I'm entertained. <laughs> Because something is a joy in it for me, and you talk about this, no? Okay? But I don't want it to be only joy for you. To get it, to see. But every word, every breath is a breath of freedom in you. You see? That when you hear something, it's not complexifying, it's not making your life more stiff and more hard. It can only do that if you are dedicated to suffering. If you are dedicated to suffering, I respect that also. Okay, but we won't walk hand in hand because you have the freedom to be free and to be bound. You see, but I want to keep the company of the ones who aspire for free. Because in them there is a joy, there is a lightness, there is space, and these are qualities that I can enjoy. You see? Because I am not at all interested in a joyless existence. I am not also interested in a joyful existence, particularly, like you know, it's not a need, but I find that joy follows me around. <laughs> Joy wants your company. Peace wants your company. If you are empty enough to have space for them. I don't feel that my words uh, can be learned. It is not my intention. Intention is not to learn, but to open you up. Open up, and the best key I know is yes. With yes, you know, so much areas in you open up, open up. When you open up, you can. Just assimilate, absorb. Without using too much of this. Like you feel, you feel. The senses are working for the consciousness, not for the personal. It's a different thing. But we don't have to talk about it. You don't have to talk to any about it. I would not also not encourage anybody to talk about the things I talk with you about. Don't talk with about any, to anybody about them until it becomes an ease to talk about it, a joy. You know, not as to be oh, it's a joy. Not like this, but somehow that you know, in your own sober way, something is flowing and it's just delighted to share. With itself. Because who is your family, really, your real family, the one with whom you find affinity, energetic affinity? Now, it need not be somebody from your own culture, from your own language, from it doesn't have to be like that. You may find affinity with lots of beings who have very very different costume very different look from you from where you seem you come from and they may go to different you want to know someone is open they have friends who are 6 years old 98 years old 
they can speak to any kind of being in any combination of human expression. Because why? Their, their being is broad enough. If you are somebody, all your friends look like you, you are a very narrow-minded person. Not that you are going out looking for people who look different. You don't care about it. But somehow they are drawn, they are drawn, they are drawn somehow. And they look and look very, very different. Many places that I would go, uh, many of you I, I could not take. You'd be too busy being surprised. My God, you go here. Uh, yeah, I can go. And so could you. But you'd have to leave something outside the door. Sachidanan